Hello and welcome to A History of the United States, episode 158, The Constitutional Convention Part 2, The Virginia Plan. In the spring of 1787, James Monroe wrote the following to James Madison, quote, We all look with great anxiety to the result of the convention at Philadelphia. Indeed, it seems to be the sole point on which all future movements will turn, end quote. So it seemed. The crises of the critical period had been building over the 1780s, reaching their crescendo with Shays' Rebellion. To try and sort out the situation, delegates from the 13 states were invited to attend a convention in Philadelphia. We spent the last episode introducing the delegates to the Constitutional Convention, and this week we'll finally get into the events, beginning with the starting point of the convention, the Virginia Plan. Virginia was, as we've said many times, the oldest and largest of the states. It also had the most august delegation to the Constitutional Convention, including James Madison, George Mason, Edmund Randolph, and George Washington. It is of no surprise that the Virginians immediately set about dominating events. Delegates drifted into Philadelphia across the month of May, finally reaching a quorum on May 25th. After his usual protestations that he was unfit for the job, Washington was elected president of the convention. Then it was time for the serious business to begin. For months beforehand, Madison had been analysing the situation and identifying issues with the Articles of Confederation and believed that wholesale reform was needed, not minor modifications. He argued that the federal government needed to be able to raise funds and enforce itself upon the states, by force if necessary, but ideally through a federal judiciary. Madison also wanted to build a direct relationship between the federal government and citizens, and that this could be done through direct representation, which was proportional according to population. He thought this was necessary, both for fairness and to get the larger states to support the plan. By giving greater power to a central government, representing interests over a larger area, he thought it would be harder for minorities in localities to be suppressed. He summarised the position in a letter to Randolph before the convention, writing, quote, I hold it for a fundamental point that an individual independence of the states is utterly irreconcilable with the idea of an aggregate sovereignty. End quote. He was not arguing for forcing the states into a single unified state, which he called both unattainable and inexpedient. Instead, somewhere between these two positions, which would, quote, at once support a due supremacy of the national authority and leave in force the local authorities so far as they can be subordinately useful, end quote. In short, Madison was about as prepared for the convention as it was possible to be. The Virginians arrived at the convention, which was due to start on May 14th, early. They spent several hours a day conferring amongst themselves, and they also used the time to meet with the Pennsylvanian delegation, which included Franklin, Robert Morris, and Governor Morris. 
Madison was pleased to find they were sympathetic to his ideas, and so he was in a competent position when the serious business actually started. The first thing to do was to agree on formalities. A quorum would be seven delegations, and voting would take place by delegation. They agreed that previously decided matters could be discussed again, as long as they were given at least a day's notice, and they agreed that the meetings would take place in secrecy. This would allow the delegates to act as statesmen rather than playing to public opinion. George Mason called this a proper precaution to prevent mistakes and misrepresentations until the business shall have been completed, when the whole may have a very different complexion from that which the several crude and indigested parts might in their first shape appear if submitted to the public eye. Following this, on May 29th, Randolph submitted a plan, largely prepared by Madison, which became known as the Virginia Plan. It was the first real bit of business, and would be the starting point for forming a constitution. I'm not going to quote the whole thing. We'll have a few plans to discuss, after all. But here are the key points of each article. 1. The Articles of Confederation needed to be changed to accomplish their goals of common defence, security of liberty, and general welfare. 2. Representation for the states in the national legislature should be proportional to their free populations. 3. The national legislature should be bicameral, having two chambers. 4. One chamber should be directly elected by citizens of the states. 5. The second chamber should be elected by the first chamber, out of individuals nominated by the state legislatures. 6. The national legislature should have all powers held by Congress of the Confederation, as well as greater power to legislate where the states had been incompetent, to protect the harmony of the Union, and to force the states to fulfil their duty. 7. There should be a national executive chosen by the national legislature, with the individual only being able to serve one term. 8. The national executive would with the National Judiciary, review legislation in a Council of Review with the power to reject legislation. 9. The National Judiciary would have either one or more supreme tribunals and inferior tribunals. They would be chosen by the National Legislature, serve during good behaviour, the tribunals would deal with matters concerning piracy and naval crimes, enemy captives, foreigners, state conflicts with citizens of other states, revenue collection, impeachment of national officials, and matters of national peace and harmony. The inferior tribunals would deal with matters first, and the supreme tribunals would be a backup if needed. 10. There needed to be a way for new states to join the Union. 11. Each state was guaranteed a Republican government. 12. Provisions needed to be made for the continuance of Congress. 13. There needed to be a way to change the Constitution. 14. State officials must be bound by oath to support the Union. 15. The Constitution created by the Convention should be sent out to the states for them to approve. This was, as I'm sure you've realised, a radical departure from the Articles of Confederation. It upended many of the core tenets of the Union. 
under the Articles, each state had an equal vote in Congress, and their delegations were chosen by the state governments. The Virginians were proposing to undo both of these, as well as introducing a federal executive and a federal judiciary. Governor Morris proposed a few changes the next day, making it clearer that this was a bold departure from the past. The Virginia plan itself did not do this. Charles Coatsworth Pinckney of South Carolina was concerned they were doing far more than they were authorised to do, while Elbridge Gerry raised that his delegation was limited to vote along lines recommended by Congress, and wondered whether Congress would need to pass anything proposed by the convention. Reservations were also made by John Lansing Jr. of New York. Oliver Wellsworth of Connecticut agreed that the Articles of Confederation were not working, but questioned why that meant throwing out the whole system. John Dickinson of Delaware and William Patterson of New Jersey were opposed to the idea of a national government, believing that power needed to remain with the states. Randolph strongly defended the proposals, arguing that it would be treason to take an action given the nature of the crisis. Hamilton agreed, arguing, quote, We owed it to our country to do on this emergency whatever we should deem essential to its happiness. The state sent us here to provide for the exigencies of the Union. To propose any plan not adequate to these exigencies, merely because it was not within our powers, would be to sacrifice the means to the end. End quote. James Wilson of Pennsylvania made a slightly different argument, that while they couldn't decide the matter, they were free to propose anything. It looked likely to be difficult, maybe impossible, to decide on the exact line between state power and the power of the national government. So Randolph suggested that they focus on agreeing the broad principles before moving on into the details. The need for Congress to be able to raise taxes independently of the states rather than relying on requisitioning, was widely accepted by the delegates. There were some proposals to limit the power of taxation, either through time or what could be taxed, but nothing managed to gather noticeable support. There was a similar consensus for letting Congress raise military forces directly. Charles Coatsworth Pinckney spoke for most when he said that the United States' experiment of a lack of military had approached anarchy. Again, some proposed limits on the military, such as a maximum size for a peacetime army, but these two were quickly dismissed. There was broad consent to forbid states from setting import duties without Congress's approval, but the power for Congress to regulate commerce was more controversial. The southern states were concerned that protectionist tariffs may benefit the northern states rather than themselves. Madison admitted as much himself, but thought there would be long-term benefits. The southerners were still cautious and wanted congressional votes concerning commerce to require a supermajority, but they dropped this demand later on in return for northern concessions around slavery. Another of the wider points that was accepted by the delegates was that they should not specify the exact powers of the national government, instead enumerating certain powers with a clause giving it necessary and proper authority to execute them. From this, we can see the early trends of the convention. There was a consensus to be found, but it would not be easy. 
there was significant pushback to many of the key points around the Virginia plan. And next time out, we'll explore the opposition in more detail with the New Jersey plan. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then. Thank you.